Welcome to the Filmmaker Mixer Podcast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Jeff, as always. Today, we have on filmmaker Cindy Sheen. Cindy is a writer and director, and she has a really fresh new voice, and we talk about her new film, The Day at the Beach. Hello, everybody. This is the Filmmaker Mixer Podcast, and today we have writer and director Cindy Sheen on the show. Cindy is an award-winning filmmaker. She earned a master's degree in film production from Chapman University and the School of Visual Arts. She has lived both in China and the United States, which gives her films a bicultural perspective, which is very unique. And her film, The Day at the Beach, just screened at the Portland Festival of Cinema, Animation, and Technology. So, Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys, for having me. So, Cindy, one of the things I always ask our guests, because I'm I'm genuinely curious about this, where did you get the interest in filmmaking and storytelling? How did that start for you? Did it happen when you were a child or a teenager? How did you get the bug? Okay. So for me, I don't know that's like cliche or like something unique, but like I am not of I'm not like a film friends when I was young. And then my parents, they don't like films at all. They're not interested in, in arts at all. But like I think after after maybe around six or eight, my I, I just like get inspiration from my mom because my mom just like keep watching K-drama all the time. And then I, I was like watching with her and I started to realize like, oh, TV drama and a film that has some interesting thing. And then trying always like trying to tell the story to me, but I didn't realize I'm, I like film what I wanted to make in film. So like when I was in undergrad, I started telecommunication is something related to like, TV production and a news production, that kind of stuff. And then I, I was thinking that kind of that that is like the thing I wanted to do is something about media, but also just like shooting video. That's like the only basic thing I want to do. But right after I finished my undergrad, I start to realize like I I'm not really wanted to do something only to reporting news, but also really wanted to telling story. So like after I graduated, I just realized we everyone has so many stories. And then I'm always like being a listener to other people to listen like their different life story and then like their experiences that really triggered me that like I wanted to tell them tell their story or also like telling like sharing my feeling as well. Then I realized, oh, films kind of like a one of the media. They can shape the story in art way or like be visualized. So like that's like the time and the moment I realized like, okay, TV production or anything about like um broadcasting is not the thing I really want to do, but like telling a story in a really interesting art aesthetic way, that's something I wanted to try. What kind of K-dramas or just content were you watching growing up that kind of maybe inspired you and your style uh, growing up? There's a, so when I was young, like in China, we have like a public um, TV channel. It's called CCTV. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not, but we have CCTVA, which is like a drama channel. And when I was young, maybe around 10, and then they always playing all those like K-drama, like Miss Mermaid. That's like something K-drama with like over 200 episodes or like 100 episodes. And then like I was like keep watching with my mom. And then it's something about like family drama and then about like people's relationship and romantic stuff. That's something kind of like really inspired me when I was young, but without really knowledge. It's just I started to root it 
in my subconsciously. That's what I realized after maybe 20 years or like, oh, no, 20 years, maybe 15 years. Yeah, that's really cool. And staying on the topic of inspiration, I'm curious about your film, The Day at the Beach, which is a coming of age story about a shy teenage girl who uncovers some family secrets. I'm curious, what was inspiration from that film and how, you know, maybe the early content you watched influenced how you made this film? Okay, so this is my personal story. And then this is my personal experiences as well. But like, this is like a story or like experiences I never ever really talked with my parents so like everything that happened in the phone or like the girls already know about like a secret which is like my dad still really know about that at all from right now so like everyone has seen this film already know about my personal like part of my personal experiences but like my parents they don't they didn't get any chance to know that so like the story is based on my personal experiences when I was in high school and then, yeah, and then like during the pandemic, because I was in Chapman University, we have like a thesis fund we have to done before we graduate. And then also during the pandemic, like everything's shut down and then like we couldn't really go to school. I was at quarantine at home and then thinking of like, what kind of story I really wanted to tell that's really meaningful. And then before I go to graduate, and I was thinking maybe, is my family story or like something that's really important to me. So I wanted to tell something related to myself and then really important to me. So I come from, um, I comes out of features idea first. That was something I was, I'm going to do like maybe in the future, but like I come out of feature story first and I realized maybe I can just like grab one of the moment that's from the feature idea to become like a short film. So the day at the beach is like based on my feature idea and then also based on my personal experience. So did you did you pull a series of scenes from the feature and then uh, put them together for the short, or did you pull, or is that that one complete section from the film from or from the feature rather? So like for the feature that I really wanted to make is about like um my own family relationship re- um, between me and my parents. And then like the original thought I wanted to talk about in the feature is about like how those three people growing up together based on the thing that happened in the family. But like it's really, really wide and a broad idea and thing. And then like I was like, I, I do like I have this feature idea first and I was thinking okay so in this feature idea what kind of what part of the um story is interesting and intense or like what's the t- like a tipping point for me to start to realize okay what's happening in, in my family so like it's kind of like a part like a part or like an element in my feature idea that's really interesting and and also I'm curious because the day at the beach, you know, it's a narrative, but it also mm-hmm. has qualities of of what I would call being almost like a visual poem. Um, and you have a similar style in your film Lost in Love, which I thought was a really terrific, terrific film. I'm curious how you work with your storyboards or your director of photography, or you know, how do you get that that visual style of it being so poetic? Is that something do you that you intentionally do, or does that just naturally happen in the way you shoot? I think that's something really naturally when I shoot, like when we do it. But the thing was, like, I feel like I got, I 
the favorite director I love is like Koreada. And then he's like a Japanese director and then who's directed Shoplifter. And then like he is kind of like the favorite director. And then like, I really love like his film a lot. But the funny thing is like, I started to, I know about him when I was in maybe when I was in undergrad, the first time I have seen his film, I fell asleep. And then like, I couldn't really finish like his film. I finished his film like for maybe 10 days because like every moment I have seen, I just feel so boring. Like why is the pacing so slow? And I couldn't really focus on that. <laughs> and then like, I come out like, why? Why people like that? Because like before that, I always like watching some like commercial film, like, and hero phone, that kind of stuff. And then that was the first time I seen family drama that's not really dramatic about like our world, our society, or like who killed who, who's the hero at all. So that's why I found out so boring. But like after I seen the first film, I watched another film by him. It's like called, um, it's called Still Walking. That was the time I realized, wow, this kind of film is really powerful. It's not related to any kind of side hero at all. Who's like there's no bad guy and then good guys in this film. But it's something, but that's something really, really, really connect to me and then touch me because I also have some common family experiences that I have. I feel really connected to that film. And I just realized maybe filmmaking is not only to making something that make people to eat popcorn in the theater but also there's something we can make that really can con connect it to other people's like feeling and experiences well also the music in both uh, lost in love and the day at the beach i think is really interesting and really well done how do you choose your music and and or your music composer um, and what's your process of of working with them to create that soundtrack for the film? Yeah, so I have um I work with the composer to, together with the, the day at the beach, and then like in the first beginning, I was like telling her that like I wanted to use some classical like music like score. I don't like really wanted to create something like from the beginning to almost the end because like for the ending part like. Yeah, for the ending dramatic part was like composed by him, uh, by her. And then like the process, like I wanted to have something that's not really dramatic and then it's not really intense, but with some subtle and then really shallow emotions in that. And then because it's a coming of age drama, I want something that here that like make people feel like a lullaby or like something it's really easy to to listen and then it's a like really smooth melody but also with some deep and then melodrama meaning behind it so like I have been talking with my um composer for almost like three months maybe especially Maybe because I, she also is a composer for my um previous film called Voiceless. So we already been together, uh, worked together like for two projects. And then the, the day at the beach, I have telling her like, oh, I'm going to like making another important film for me. And then like, do you want to join me? And then she said, yes. And then I, in order to keep him, uh, keep her in the loop was like making this film process. I was like, 
keep updating about like what's the film side progress and then what I feel about the film from the really beginning to the end. So I feel like she also have a really better, like really good understanding about the film and about the story. So that's why like we kind of like have really good like mm, really good comp like the music come out at the end. Are you someone who collaborates with kind of the same people over and over uh, among projects? Like you've said, you've kind of used the same composer. Does that, does that go with maybe uh, crew like DPs, for example? Yes, I do have the same DP. I We work for two projects together. And then my DP, his name is Lance Lee. And then like he's really talented DP. And then like he's the one who really wanted to try to help me to support me to like bring this story like come to life and then like yes I work for like with him for twice so in your IMDB page you have a quote that says life cannot be perfect but through cinema people can find a solution or be healed by trying to accept what we have in order to make our lives better and more meaningful um, can you talk a little bit about that philosophy and how you think film and storytelling can bring in meaning to people's lives yeah, sure. First, I got the inspiration about the court from my personal experiences. So like when I was young, maybe when I was a kid, I always wish we all have like a perfect family. My parents will love me and then like my parents can always be with me. But I never ever got a chance to really connect with my dad at all. I don't know if that's like maybe based on like a Asian like Asian family culture background or like it's because like his personality stuff so like when I was young I started to realize okay so like it's not everyone's life is perfect and then also based on my experiences and then relationship experiences I, I just realized like everyone has their own trauma or like everyone has their own drama or like everyone has their own story that could couldn't be perfect and then like I that's like the first idea I realized or like the first thing I realized when I started to wanted to making film. And then like after that, I made my um another film called Voice Loss. That's that's talking about like a teenage girl who has some sexual harassment um drama on um, trauma when when she was in high school. So that's also from like some similar, it's also inspired from like a um experience I had but like doesn't mean that I have I has been like sexual harassed before but like it's based on like my own personal like experience and then I realized like that kind of thing really hurt me in the first point and then like I realized that I couldn't really tell anyone and then that's imperfect because like people always wanted to be perfect and I have like really ideal like lifestyle or that kind of stuff and then I trying to find, I trying to seeking some other common voices with me because I, I feel like that's really important to me. But I found out like I couldn't really tell and then I couldn't really share my own feeling or like what exactly happened on me because I'm, I just feel shame about like I'm not perfect. And then like during the process, I realized that like, yeah, people's lives are perfect. And then like maybe by, by trying to sharing your feeling, with film or like some visual arts that maybe is like the process to like to getting healed or like being recovered and also while you making this maybe while you're making out this film or like painting whatever the art it is once people seeing that people will get connected with that and also 
going to have another new pro like recovering process by their own as well. So yeah, that's like the, everything I kind of like expired from my own experiences and like what I really have this court. So you mentioned um, the relationship with your father and, and some of the cultural backgrounds and so forth. Um, since you've lived in China and you live in the U.S., how does that bicultural background influence your work? I mean, is there a little bit of America, a little bit of China? How how does that how do you juggle that influence and how does it show up in your work? So like I live in, with my parents, which is like my original parents, when I was in when I was really, really little till like 16. That was the moment like I was in China. But like right after that, like Yes, because my parents' marriage got some crisis in that, and then my my mom doesn't really want to hurt me. They're trying to protect me, so that's why they're trying to. Maybe the excuse was like, "Oh, we want we want you to get a better education in the U.S." So they sent me out to the U.S. because I was under eighteen and I was in high school. We required to have like a um host family as like a guardian in this in this country. So after um, sixteen, I got like an American host family. When I like start from that, like I've I I have like two families, like two parents, like my bio parents and also my host family, um, my American parents. They kind of like influence my life a lot. So that's why I always say like um I have some bicultural like perspectives in things because like I influenced by both like Chinese and then some of those like Chinese um, American cultures in my the way maybe like in the way I live or like maybe the 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 way I see things. I'm curious, like when it comes to your recent film, where did you find the cast and what was the casting process like? Wow, that's super difficult because <laughs> <laughs> it's super extremely difficult because we first, it's kind of, even even though it's like a student project and then you literally can call it like a micro budget independent film without any union support behind it. So like first, we don't have budget to really hire a professional or like a experiences casting director. But like really, um, but I thanks God, I kind of like know one casting director who's not who's not going to like who's not a casting director at all. She kind of like knows some of those like Chinese like actors who's in here. But while I was doing like the pre-production here, that was like pandemic. So before pandemic, I feel like everything kind of like goes like went really easier than during the time because like I couldn't really ask for like the Chinese actors who fly into the U.S. and then filming this film at all or like having because I also like because of the pandemic, so many international students, they fly back to China and then using using Zoom for the class. So like it just like come out double like difficulty while I was like doing casting. So I was like asking so many friends and then like trying to look out all those like Chinese young girls while I was outside. It just like looked so creepy because I was like keep checking like, oh, is there any girls that looks really good and then looks fit? to this story but thanks god my friends that uh, helped me to find out the main actress she's not a actress at all she, the only thing she has done is like um model and then like she never done any kind of like, really narrative film before 
and then I trying to talk with her and then we have like a audition together. We talk about our own experiences and then I found out like, why not? I feel like she kind of like have really strong connection with my film. And then like, I feel like we all like a, like a, like a new filmmaker or like some, someone who said like wanted to learn something in our life. Why not? We just like give it a try. So I grew up, like I just like decided to cast someone who's not actress, but like also got some connection with my person, my own story to work with for this film. Yeah. So, so are you saying the lead in the, in, in the day at the beach was not a professional actress? Yes, she's not. Wow. That's interesting because you got a really great performance out of her. Tell me how you worked with her to get that performance because I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, like thank you, but like, I really can tell. Like I really remember the first jump because I I like based on like I have done another short film called Voices that also required like a teenage like high school girl, and then I asked I was asking as much as possible those like Asian Ch- Chinese young actors to come over to, for the audition. And then, like, I really, I really remember that our lead actress, whose name is Xin Tong, Xin Tong was the second, like, actress who's being on, who's, who did the audition in our audition meeting. So she literally wearing a wig come over to our audition room. And then, but, like, I didn't really ask, but, like, her hair just looks so weird. And then she said... <laughs> She said, hi, and then my name is Shinto, and I wanted to try that. I said, okay, sure. And then I just realized every her facial reaction literally can fit to the character E. And then after that, I was like asking so many questions about like, oh, where you come from? And then are you a student right now? And then like, what's your background? Like, how was your relationship with your parents? And then she literally got that. And then I found out like she also connected to the story, the story's background about like a traditional like Asian um, family background and then she really can get it after that we have a really really nice conversation after like she tried the several like scenes in the front of script and then she's like um actually in order to really matching the E character I just like wearing a wig right now I said oh so can you take off your wig and then she said Oh yeah. After like she take off the she took off the the wig, we realized like her hair is like blonde and then blue. Doesn't really look like a high school <laughs> Asian, like Asian international like student in here. And it's like great. And then from that on, I just feel like she is really professional, even though she's not a, like a professional actress, but like she's trying to fit with the character. And then I feel like she did like her effort to really learn about the character. So from that on, like because also because of like she doesn't have really like narrative like experiences before, even like for for for, for performance, but she's also like a she has done some film as like a first AD or like a producer that kind of like side. And that kind of side role, but I never been on actress before. So I start to have really lots of conversation about like my own experiences, and then also want want her to share something about like her experiences. And then in the conversation, I'm trying to emerge the way how she can easily con- to connect the character. So we based like all those like, performances are like, based on so many like conversation like really casual conversation together and also we brought out um our dad's um dad's actors who's 
Harley, and then like, I also like asked him to join our conversation to share our ex experiences. The funny thing was like, Xing Tong has really similar like um background as me, but that who's the actor um that actor who's Harley, he doesn't ever have any like family difficulty dramas in his life. It is just like really funny because like I and Xing Tong we we are super young and then we have so many like drama like family difficulty in our <laughs> life, but for. Harley, who's already who's already being a dad for almost like eighteen years, and then his family is like really smooth and happiness like family at all, which is like that's like something really fun while we are kind of like rehearsal for our fun. That's interesting. Um, you know, I want to circle back to the production. We get asked a lot about uh, you know, the nuts and bolts of a show, how many days they shot, and things like that. And you mentioned that your um your film was very low budget, but I think it looks amazing. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it looks fantastic. I think the performances are really good. Um, you obviously did a great job directing it. Tell us a little bit about how you pull that off on a shoestring. How many how many days did you shoot? Let's start there. Okay, we actually shoot like six and a half days, and then like because we have like a school requirement, we only can shoot this kind of days, and then also we have so many restrictions based on budget and then like the location we can go because we are in Orange County, which is like really far away from Hollywood or like from Los Angeles. We only can like really shoot in 30 miles that area. And then we have like, as, as uh, you can see from the phone, we have two driving scenes with different kinds of road. We also have like under the water scene, which is like really, really bothered us from the beginning. Because even though like my professor always like encouraged me like, hey, as you see that like, you have really difficult scene to shoot. I say, like, yes, maybe, but maybe we can do it. We can do it. But I never really figure out how we're going to do it. So we just thinking, yeah, because I just want realistic. I don't want any like high technology really happen in my phone at all because I don't want green screen. I, I just want it looks real. I want it just looks like like a realism film. It's not like a sci-fi film at all. So we trying to figure out that. And I talk with my DP all the time. And then my DP lens really, really supported. And I like he really good at technology as well. We talk so many and then I try to let him know the reason why I don't want to use green screen or like doing in the studio. And then he got that. And then I also talked to our producer, Maggie, about that as well. But the thing was like, we realized the budget will be really high and then we have to block the road with the beach like wheel. And then like we have to like hire officer to block the road as well and then get the processing trailer, which is like, cost gonna to cost a lot of money and then also we couldn't really fit in six days and then we end up with like using led screen which is like not really in our expectation or like it's not really in our plan at all which is like high technology and then in the studio but the thing was like it worked out really 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 good because like no one really noticed that was like shit that was like shot in the studio, which is like, I really thanks for Lens for helping me to figure out all those like technology issue in order to bring out this, like this film really beautiful. And also for the water scene, we we shot all those, um, we shot this film with like kind of like five or six different kind of camera. I remember maybe that's, that's right or not. 
but like we use different kinds of like camera based on like different kind of like requirement. So we have like um Rod Gemini for the majority film, but we couldn't really bring this heavy equipment into the water since we don't have the much the that much budget to rent another waterproof case for the big camera. So lens just come on like why not we just use iPhone? I said, oh wow, yeah. And I said, are you sure? And then he said, "Yeah, we can do it." So before we shoot, and then on the shooting day was in February. February. So I and Lance, we literally did a rehearse like a um camera test shoot in November. So I and Lance, we literally went to the water, went into the water, and shot us the ending scene together with the iPhone. And then we realized that oh, it really can work. And then like after color like color graded, it looked it, you couldn't tell any differences with different kind of side, um, by uh, different kind of side camera. So lens also is our colorist, and he also did really good job on matching the colors. Yeah. And and was he a fellow student or? Yeah, he's um he's my classmate. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, that's, that is true independent filmmaking. You know, you're doing it on a budget. You're using LED screens for your driving scenes. You're shooting iPhone in the ocean and, and red Gemini for the, you know, the, the rest of it. That's, that's really, that's really amazing. Well, congratulations on the film. Uh, I, I love, I love the film. I think it's very good. I think you did a great job with it. I think you have a, a huge career ahead of you. So um, yeah, keep us posted on the progress of that film. Are you going to other film festivals? Um, um, we're still in the festival running right now, and then it, yes, but like we don't know yet because we don't get any notification yet. But like hopefully the festival run will like will go on really well for the day at the beach. Well, keep us posted on that, and and if you yeah. have uh, another project that you're working on, um, circle back and we'll uh, invite you on the show again and talk some more. Okay, sure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me to talk about the day at the beach. Well, thank you so much. And if you're ever down in Austin uh, at one of the film festivals, uh, you just give me a shout and we'll meet in person. Okay, cool. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Filmmaker Mixer podcast, a podcast created and hosted by filmmakers Jeff Stolen and Andrew Lamping and produced by Melody Lopez. Our theme music was composed by a man who never met a sock puppet he didn't like, Stephen Devinett. Make sure to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on and stay tuned for future episodes.